This is my like high school dream come true. <laughs> I'm sure you get oh, that well, a lot. I appreciate that. You can age me right off the bat. Thank you so much. Just joking. I appreciate it, honestly. I'm Maddie Orton, and you're listening to the Jersey Arts Podcast. Adam Pascal made a name for himself as Roger in the original Broadway cast of Rent, going from rock and roll musician who had no theatrical credits to Tony-nominated Toast of the Town, all in the musical that forever changed the sound of Broadway. Adam went on to originate the roles of Rodimus and Aida and Chad in Disaster, as well as join the casts of several other big-name, beloved shows. You might also know him from the movies School of Rock, SLC Punk, and, of course, the film adaptation of Rent. Adam will be performing his solo show called So Far on the Jersey Shore later this month. So we chatted about the show and Adam gave me some very cool insight into the original production of Rent, how he created his solo concert, and what some of his dream roles may or may not be. Take a listen. So you're going to be playing a couple shows coming up, part of your So Far solo concert, and you're going to be at the Arthur Pryor Bandshell in Asbury Park, and you're going to be at Bellworks in Holmdale through Axelrod Performing Arts Center as part of their Vogel Summer Concert Series on the uh, 28th and the 29th of July, respectively. Tell me a little bit about the show. Yes, well, I'm very excited to be coming to New Jersey. It's been a really long time since I've played there. Actually, you know what? Uh, uh, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping to recreate and get some better memories. The last time I think I played in Jersey was in the, on the Rent National Tour in 2009. And um, <laughs> I had a neck injury and I was out of the show and I was stuck in a, in a, I don't know why this happened, but I was in like this really horrible hotel, like on the side of the highway oh in gosh. Jersey. And I was stuck there and I was out of the show and I was, I couldn't leave this room because I couldn't move. Anyway, <laughs> I am so excited to come back and form some new memories of, of my old friend, New Jersey. Um, this will definitely anyway, be better than my, that. Yes, I, it definitely will be. Um, uh, so my show is, um, it's, it's, a, it's an acoustic retrospective of my career on Broadway so far. And so they're, you know, the name is so far. Um, and, uh, and it starts with my story of how I ended up getting cast in Rent, which was my first show and my, you know, my first job. Um, and how that turned me into a, you know, Broadway star to a, for lack of a better term you know and um and then and then what my career has been like since then and so I talk about all the shows that I've been in and I play a song from all of those shows not always necessarily a song that I sang in that show okay um, there's a couple that I that I that I played a different song but uh you know I'm 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 a very open person the show is very uncensored um and uh I try and tell the stories of of how things happen to me and uh, in in the best ways that I remember them and you know and and uh, I I hopefully am am, am <laughs> entertaining and 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 funny and I have had a an amazing time rearranging these songs in, in an acoustic a solo acoustic way of accompanying myself and uh, and I have this little fun fun little toy that sings with me too which is which is cool. What does that mean? A fun little toy that sings with you? Well, it's this. It's this little. It's like a. Um, it's like a um, an effects device that my guitar and my 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 microphone go through, 
and I use my my little tootsie here, my foot, <laughs> to turn it on and off. Uh, and uh, and it's got different effects on it, and it's got real time vocal harmonies. Oh that, wow! Um, that will you, you know that you can turn on and off and change to high harmonies or low harmonies or whatever. And so I've start I've been playing around with this thing, um, and it's it's amazing. And so it just you know it adds this just a whole other element to just a, a voice and a guitar, you know, it just brings a, you know, another element into the mix. I want that for like my shower or like my car for, for my own personal <laughs> use of like hearing myself a third above everything. with yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> harmonize with myself. That would be great. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. You told me one of the songs that you're going to be doing is your audition song for Rent. Is that right? Yeah. You know, it's part of the story of other than the songs that I play uh, that from the shows that I've been in. The, uh, a couple of other two other songs that I play are my my first two shows, the the first two audition songs I had for my for the my first two shows, which were Rent and then Aida. Um, since then, I've never auditioned for anything w with anything other than the song from the show I was auditioning for. Sure. I, I I don't have any other audition songs past that. <laughs> so, um, but so but I but I played those two and uh, and and it just you know it just so happens luckily they both serve themselves to this acoustic way in which I'm presenting it. You know, not everything always does. You know, like I had to figure out, do the songs that I sang in that show work acoustically? And if they don't, let me pick something else. And, and what will that be? Generally, that thing kind of comes to me pretty quickly. I'll get like sort of a spark of an idea. Um, I love so that. I, 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 play, I play Funny Honey from Chicago, which is always <sighs> a, a surprise to people. Um, and because uh, I because I love that song and it just like it very clicked right away like like th this would be a great acoustically you know it, it's candor and ebb and it actually is so similar to maybe this time which I play from Cabaret which is another song from a show that I was in that I didn't sing <laughs> you know so I do actually I play both of those songs I don't do them back to back because the show is in order so the show oh, that's know, fine. It starts with Rand and it goes to Aida yeah so and that's kind of another thing that that's kind of fun for me is that, is that traditionally in my live performing uh, I would close or encore with something from Rent, you know. Sure. But now I'm opening the show with something from Rent. Which is, uh, can we and, say? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, it's it's One Song Glory, which is... But no, well, actually, that's a lie. I, I, I don't open the show with that. Um, that is the first song from a show. But actually, the first song that I sing is um, I play a piece of the U2 song, uh, Red Hill Mining Town, which is the song that I auditioned for. So I, I, I play some of that first. Um, and it's, it's sort of worked into the way that I tell the story. This sounds like such a fun concert. Okay, so tell me, a lot of people have heard this story, but for anybody who hasn't heard this story, because I do think this is actually one of the most insane casting stories I've ever heard. Speaking of the U2 song, how did you get cast in Rent? Well, um, I grew up in New York City and Long Island. And uh, right down the street from me, literally right down the street from me, was uh, Idina Menzel big Broadway star, Adina Menzel. That's wild. Yeah, and I've, so I, I've known her and literally rode the bus to school with her <laughs> since third, since third grade, all oh the way through gosh. high school. Yeah, and anyway, I, I played in rock bands, you know, I never did theater growing up. I, I was in rock bands and she was in bands too, but she also did theater, like, you know, but I just, you know, exclusively played in rock bands. I never thought about doing theater. Uh, anyway, cut to, you know, 1995 and I get a call from her and she's like, 
hey, you know, I'm, uh, I'm doing this off-Broadway musical and it's a rock musical and there, there, there's an open casting call for this role and I thought of you and um, I, 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 I don't know if you would ever do anything like this or be interested, but do you want to audition? And I had like just broken up with the band that I had been with all those years. I had just cut off all of my Bon Jovi hair. You know, like I did, I like, I cut it all up. That's why Roger's hair looks the way it looks like the original like the way I looked like the way Rod the original look of what Roger looked like is because I had just cut off all of that hair and bleached it white you know so it was like yeah and so that's why he looks that way had I looked another way he might have looked another way you know I mean what's Um, funny is like one decision that you made in 1995 has changed the course of like costume design history for rent for the next 25 years I mean well you, you that that's actually a much larger uh, a much larger uh, situation because, um, uh, in a good way. Now, I don't mean to make it selling it's a, a situation in a bad way, but like we all wore our own stuff. Like you know, we all really? like so much of the costuming and the way that those characters looked uh, was was like we would come in and Angela, our costume designer, would would see something on one of us and go, "That's great, what you're wearing right now. Can we use that?" And she would then incorporate it into. Um, so so much of the another example is. Um, uh, so uh, Roger has a motorcycle jacket that he wears in the second act. Sure. And there's a painting on the back and it says, only the good die young. Most people probably don't know that because you don't really ever see his back for long enough with that jacket on that the audience would ever know that. Anyway, long story short, that was my jacket that I wore to, to rehearsal. And she was like, you got to wear that in the show. Um, and so that became the jacket, you know what oh I mean? And, and the painting, the painting that was on there it said only the good die young was a painting that I had put on there, which was from a concert, a Billy Joel concert of teacher. Of course, of course, the good <laughs> Long Island kid. Of course, it's Billy. Exactly, Joel. exactly. So uh, the the kufi that Collins wears was Jesse's kufi. He just wore one every day, and uh, and you know, um, uh, uh, Daphne. This I can't remember. Certainly, there was something of Daphne's. I can't remember what it was. It might be like the lo- the long leopard coat that she wears in the second act, but there was something major that she wears that was hers. Like all of us have some stuff like that. Well, you were—I yeah. mean, you were in your early twenties, right? Uh, I was in my yes, I, I was in my mid twenties. I was twenty-five. Yeah, that's—I mean, you're very young in your career at that point, and you'd never done yeah. theater before, which I think is absolutely well, insane. That is—that is true. That's ninety percent true, and the ten percent what's that's not true is that. In 19, I'm guessing it was either 1977 or 78, uh, and I was the young and I was the youngest kid. I went to Stage Door Manor, which is a really popular, famous performing arts camp. Of course, I went there for two weeks. Um, so I can't say that I've never, I had never done anything. When I was seven, I went to Stage Door Manor for two weeks. Okay, so you went to Stage Door Manor for two weeks. I I studied yes. theater for nine years, but that's fine. Let's. <laughs> what I think <laughs> yeah. is amazing about that is that you know there are people like me, or probably most people in the industry, who are doing repetition exercise and all these things for years and years, so that they don't get on stage and think like, oh my gosh, what do I do with my hands normally? And you were so amazing and comfortable that you got a Tony nomination. I mean, did you have to go through this crazy learning curve in a short period of time or did it just come naturally to you? I would say a yes and no is the, I mean, or, or, like, I mean, I had to learn a lot, but what I didn't have to learn 
and, and I would imagine is a really hard thing to learn, is to be comfortable and natural. You know what I mean? To teach some, you know, it's like, it, it's one of those things that you kind of get it or you don't, you know what I mean? It's just, you, you either feel, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about that. So I, I don't want to make any, no, I think assumption. that sounds right. But, but here's, here's the interesting thing from the first time I ever walked out on stage in rent, even, I mean, it started in rehearsals in front of the people in the room. Like I, I felt a level of comfortability. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that word, right? Comfortable. Ability? Comfort. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, well, how do you pronounce that? Is it right? just comfort? Comfort. A level, okay, that's better. I, I don't know. I'm going to Google level it of later. Comfort. No, no, no. That's better. Yeah, it's of course. I need to stop saying that other word. All right. I'm, I'm eliminating it from my vocabulary. It's gone. Uh, I felt a level of comfort uh, going out in, in a musical, in that environment, that I never felt as the singer of a rock band. Hmm. You know, and... I think part of it had to do with the fact that I was never fully comfortable being the singer of a rock band because I didn't know how to put on a persona and I wasn't comfortable with my own persona. Sure. So, uh, and so, and so, it, so there was always just a level of uncomfortability. <laughs> Did it again. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I need an exorcism. Um, uh, it's taken up until like now, and it's and it's always a growth process to be comfortable as yourself on stage, sure. doing your own thing, playing music, being yourself, talking to the audience as yourself, and not playing a character. So you've taken on a lot of these very iconic roles. You originated Roger. You originated Rodimus. Yes. yes. And then you were um, in the replacement cast for several just enormous shows. Um, You know, Pretty Woman, Chicago, Something Rotten, which I saw you in, which was awesome. Cabaret. Cabaret, of uh, course. And and Memphis. And Memphis. What is it like to be in a put-in rehearsal where you're not originating the role and you only have two weeks to get everything in your bones. Um, well, I can only obviously speak from my own personal experience. Um, and my first time doing it was in, was Cabaret. And Cabaret was my, and Cabaret was my third show. And, and Cabaret changed my life in, in oh so many ways. Hmm. Um, but um, I worked so hard to learn that part because everything about doing that role was new to me. I, you know, every number was a fully choreographed number, and I had never done anything like that before. Well, and for anybody know? who doesn't and know, you were the MC, which is correct. I, right. I mean, I would argue just one of the hardest parts in the Broadway to learn. Play. Yes, but once I knew it, it was the most fun I ever had. You know what I mean? It was like, and especially in that production. You know, yeah. on that stage, you know, with the, all of those other, you know, brilliant actors, and and I was the last MC. I, you know, I was oh. I was hired to close it, so I was like, <laughs> God, the pressure was crazy. <laughs> but um, but it was it was again, it, it changed my life because it it taught me that I could do it, and nothing would ever be this hard. You know, know what huh. I mean? In terms of like learning a part would nothing would e- and nothing has been. But it taught me how to do it. I taught myself how to do it. What the 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 the, the things that I needed to do in in those two weeks to learn the lead role for a musical and to, and to be able to like get on stage in two weeks. Like I figured out what my personal process is. So, what so is now your it's process? like I know how to do it. One of the things that really 
I, I just figured out that really works well for me is um, I do I make an audio recording of the the actual of, of an actual performance of the production. So I have a full audio recording, at least the stuff that I'm my character is in, you know, <laughs> I don't do it for the whole if I'm not in. Uh, but like so but I make a full you know audio recording of the production. Um, and then um, and then I go back and I edit out my part. So I have the actors, the existing actors responding to the lines that I am to be giving them. You know what I mean? Sure. I've learned the blocking in, you know, during the day in the rehearsal room. So now I have, I have the blocking in my head, you know, and so I can go home. So I've just spent, you know, nine hours in a rehearsal, rehearsal room, you know, with the, you know, other, uh, you know, the base, it basically you get, you get like, um, maybe like the, the dance captain and, uh, and the assistant director, um, and an accompanist and this poor dance captain has, to, and they have to put me in and she, he or she has to do every part, you know what I mean? Like, oh and, and so, yeah, but I've always had really great people. I've never, you know what I mean? They, everyone has always taught me so well how to, how to get into these shows. They've, they've all been amazing. Um, but anyway, so then after the day, after the day in re- the rehearsal studio, I go home and I have this recording now that I can, in my brain, literally start doing the performance in my living room. You know what I mean? That's fantastic. Yeah, I think for people who don't realize, you know, because you think about all of the effort that goes into originating a role, but just the the crazy amount of effort that goes into these put-in rehearsals, for anybody who doesn't realize, is just, I mean, it is really, really impressive. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's it, It's a lot. But, you know, I mean... I, I, I feel like I'm built for this kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, I just, I am like, I, you know, I have a lot of people, a lot of peers of mine who are like bemoaning. They're like, I don't know if I want to do how much longer I want to do the eight shows a week and all this. And I'm just like, I love doing eight shows a week. You know I mean? I mean, look, I don't love doing eight shows a week. I love working three hours a day. <laughs> that's great you know what I mean I'll take doing eight shows a week to work you know three hours a day and you know twice on Sunday so you've done all these iconic roles you yeah. yeah. did an interview though with Seth Rudetsky where he had you sing the role of Phantom in Phantom of the Opera and he said, this, right. is, this yes. is one of your dream roles. And you were hedging a little bit. You were like, it's one of my dream roles. But I wouldn't say it's my dream role. Do you have like a dream role, dream role that... I don't have a dream role, dream role. And and Phantom is certainly... A, look, this goes back to what I was saying before. Who doesn't want to dress up like a ghoul and run around on a stage in the dark and... And sing these <laughs> songs. Like, that sounds like fun to me. Yes. You know, like, and so, so I, I was like, when I... Always, I'm always looking for like roles to play. What do I want to do? And 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 the songs are beautiful, and I love to sing them. And and so um, I was like pursuing the the part, and I pursued it for years. You know what's great about that part is like I can keep pursuing it. It's like I'll never yeah. age out of it. You know what I mean? But anyway, I pursued it for years, and I had lots of auditions and da 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 over the courses of years. And I finally got on stage in front of Cameron McIntosh and Hal Prince, and um, and uh, they just they, they just. They weren't feeling it, you know what I mean? And so it was Cameron. like, all right, done. Um, all right. Um, but whatever, you know, look. There's um, time. But that doesn't mean that I still wouldn't want to do it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, it would, it, like for the reasons I just described. But, you know, again, I don't have dream roles. I have just parts that I, I love to sing that I think that I would be good in that I would really like to do. Jean Valjean uh, from Les Mis <sighs> is certainly probably the top of my list. 
Um, and I have no doubt that I'll get to play that somewhere at some point. You know, maybe not on Broadway, but it doesn't have to be on Broadway. I just want to play it in a good production somewhere. And there are really great productions. You know, I just I just played Harold Hill. I just did The Music Man, you know, a couple of years ago in California in Thousand Oaks. And it was like an amazing production. And I had the best time and I wouldn't get to play that part anywhere else. You know what I mean? But I got to do it in this with these great actors in this great theater. It was just awesome. Oh, my gosh. Actually, I'm going to tell you, Harold Hill is actually one of my dream roles. That's never going to happen. But (laughs) so you should know that on this YouTube video with you and Seth, there are other people who are chiming in with their dream roles for you, which then got me thinking, what are my dream roles for you? So what I wanted to do is play a little game where we do like a gladiator style thumbs up, thumbs down. Yep. Okay. Okay. So there is a commenter from YouTube who says Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar. Yay or nay? Um, well, I'd have to give a a, a middle on that one because um, I That's love. That's like a halfway thumb. Yes, I love the part, um, and I love to sing it. I would do it once. <laughs> but I but I would never want to play that part eight shows a week. Um, I've actually recently been offered that part, um, and I don't want to. I, it's just it's it's hard, and it's a lot of hard, heavy, high singing. And I'm at a place in my career where I don't want to do that eight times a week. That's fair. You know, as much as I want to do a show eight times a week, I don't want to kill myself like that anymore i've done that already so that is a vocal you know let's let's give it the nay let's give it the nay but know that i love it but but it have to be nay okay so that is a nay jesus because i'll never do it um go ahead jesus no it's the same reason okay so same no reason, no honestly. judas no jesus no no jcs no. no jesus christ superstar well okay I, I i can't believe i'm not i didn't say this right off the bat let me back up at the beginning of the lockdown Okay, right as the lockdown was happening, I was joining the national tour of Jesus Christ Superstore as Pontius Pilate. Now that's the part I was so excited to play. You know what I mean? And so I was literally, I was joining the tour for like six months and I, and I, I, was, I flew to Cleveland and I, they were gonna put me in the show in Cleveland. I get off the plane in Cleveland and I have a, a, an email from the produce, producer saying, I hope you get this email before you get on the plane, but we're locking down. Don't get on the plane. <laughs> so is that going to pick up, do you so, think? Or? It is. I'm, okay. I'm not doing it, but the tour is going back out. Um, okay. So Pontius Pilate uh, on the table. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great, for, for, a, for a 50-year-old guy like me, absolutely. Love it. It's about 15 <laughs> minutes of stage time. It is a great part. <laughs> Another YouTuber says, Stacey Jacks in Rock of Ages. No, 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 no. I'm too old. I'm too old. You know, people, I appreciate that people see me in, like that in certain ways. And certainly vocally, I understand why people would want to hear me do that. But I don't, that's not that doing, that's not interesting to me. You know, the, the, the rock and roll stuff is very tricky with me. You know, my, it's how my career started and I became, I very quickly became known and still to a certain extent am thought of as like, the, the rock and roll Broadway guy, you know what I mean? Like this, that, that it's so, and as much as I appreciate that connection and I'm honored to be connected with this thing that I love so much, which is rock and roll music. Um, um, I, 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 I always felt that if I, if I, if I, if I stayed too much in that thing, I would be stuck there. You know what I mean? Mm. And so, so like, I, I don't want to do too much rock 
at least that kind of rock stuff. You okay. know what I mean? Like I that traditional, the, the traditional, you know, Jesus Christ superstar or rock style musicals. Like I'm very picky and choosy if I'm going to do that kind of thing. Okay. So this one veers away from it. Another YouTuber wants you to do Fiero in Wicked. Uh, okay. Um, too old, but yes, sure. And, 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 and I have a, 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 a story about Fiero and I'm telling the story only because I'm just such an, such an open book. But, um, you know, when I came back from, from shooting the movie of Rent, I was offered the role of Fiero on Broadway and I stupidly turned it down oh because I God. thought I was going to be a movie star and and in turning down that role and I won't get into details but by turning down that role it 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 it, it created a cascading effect that some things that were not so good could have been much better had I just taken that amazing offer that I should have taken you know what I mean was this the original Broadway cast so I don't think it was the original cast no um uh, or again, maybe some people were there, but uh, but anyway. So Fierro, sure. If I if I was back, you know, fifteen years ago, yeah, that'd be great. But I'm too old for that. I'm gonna give you my personal list now. Okay, ready? Um, yes. Frankenfurter in Rocky Horror. Sure. Again, um, um, I have been offered that several times in my career. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Tim Curry's performance. Oh. The pro- the biggest problem with me and never having accepted that role is that Tim Curry's performance was so impactful on me in my life growing up, so iconic, and so uh, that I, I I don't know what to do with that. So hmm. I love singing those songs. I love that show. I love everything about it. It has I have such a history with it, but I just don't know what to do. That doesn't mean that if I worked with the right director and choreographer, choreographer, I couldn't figure out how to bring him out of me. That wasn't just me imitating Tim Curry. You know what I mean? Like, so I would have to say again, that, you know, like okay. it would have to sideways be sideways. I'm sorry. We're on, that's right. We're podcasting. Well. <laughs> that was a sideways thumbs folks. I'm sorry. I forgot. One more rent question. And then I promise I'll let you go. So rent turned 25 this year. It's 25th anniversary of rent, which is crazy. I think I mentioned to you that I was given um, a burned CD of Rent. Sorry, you didn't get my, <laughs> you didn't get the proceeds from my my copy of Rent when I got it in high school. Um, but I, I got to hold on a second. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> writing this down. Um, okay. <laughs> I got a burned CD of Rent from a friend of mine that I was doing summer theater with, and they were like, you know, well, you listen to Rent, right? And I was like, actually, I've, I've never heard Rent. I've heard of it. And they burned me a CD and they gave it to me and my mind was just blown. And later on when I, you know, was in my early 20s, I was hanging out with a couple friends of mine and we went, oh my God, we're in the East Village. We have to go to the live cafe. And we went and we were there right before, like a couple weeks before it closed probably, before it closed permanently. And they were having a private party for like staff and we knocked on the door of the live cafe and we said, can we just, can we just go inside for a second? We know you're doing your own thing. Like we won't bother you. And it was me and two other theater nerds from Rutgers. And they were yeah. like, yes, come in. Cause they must get this all the time. There were a couple little pieces right, of rent right, memorabilia right. and they were like, you know what? Sit down. Do you want a drink? We'll give you a drink. They gave us a free drink. 
We talked about oh, rent. Nice. We talked about the East Village. <laughs> That's great. And then we left and we were all just elated that we had had this personal experience with the live cafe. At the live cafe. That's so wonderful. I'm so, that's so nice to hear. What a great it story. It was so cool. But what it made me wonder, what this whole experience that I have my own relationship with rent entirely, how does it right. feel to have been a part of something where 25 years later, people are dissecting every piece of it and have their own relationship with this show that it's just meant so much to so many people? I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to articulate what that feels like because it feels like so many things, you know. Um, but the, the, the most ironic part of the situation is that, I, you know, I'm connected to this show in which I play this character who his his only desire, or so he thinks, uh, is to just create one song one you know write one song that people will remember him by and you know now his the clock is ticking right and i had that same desire you know what i mean mm -hmm. that my i growing up i was that same guy who had that same desire I, you know um for my own reasons you know what i mean but i wanted to be a rock star just like roger did you know um and i in a way became one in this show playing this guy who wanted to become hmm. this rock star and it's being played by a guy who wanted to become a rock star, but now, in a way, became one in this weird way in a in a musical. Like it, it, there's just it's just it's just like a weird sort of like you know set of circumstances. Um, but but the, the 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 larger thing is that to be associated with something that brings so much happiness to people. I mean, yeah. that's really what is the most dumbfounding thing about this that I that I that. That a that a mo like me, <laughs> like is is part of something so wonderful and that means so much to so many people. Like I'm just like amazed at that, you know. That is so cool. I yeah. could I could literally talk to you about musical theater for the next three hours, <laughs> and I don't have the podcasting space to do that. So <laughs> I just want to say thank you, thank you so much for your time. We'll You're put so for people who want to check out so far your upcoming concert. It's at the Arthur Pryor Band Shell in Asbury Park and at Bellworks in Holmdel through Axelrod Performing Arts Center as part of their Vogel Summer Concert Series at the end of July, July 28th and 29th. It was great talking to you, Adam Pascal. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Lovely to speak to you. For more information on how to see Adam Pascal in concert, visit AxelrodArtsCenter.com. And to learn more about all things arts in New Jersey, or to help fund more stories like this one, visit JerseyArts.com. If you liked this episode, be sure to give us a review, subscribe, and tell your friends. The Jersey Arts Podcast is presented by Art Pride New Jersey, advancing a state of creativity since 1986. This show is created in partnership with the New Jersey State Council on the Arts and receives additional support from the National Endowment for the Arts. This episode was hosted, produced, and edited by yours truly, Maddie Orton. Executive producers are Jim Atkinson and Corin Reif. Special thanks to Adam Pascal and the Axelrod Performing Arts Center. I'm Maddie Orton for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening.